0: Hi, Isaac.
1: Hi, Summer Ann.
0: Uh, Isaac, I have a question for you.
1: Okay, shoot.
0: Have you ever heard the scream of a baby calf being separated from its mother before it's been weaned? No! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, no! Just just, Just check it out. I'm Summer Ann Burton. And I'm
1: Isaac Fitzgerald.
0: And this is our podcast. It's called The Tell Show.
1: We have guests come on and tell stories that they usually haven't written about or shared in public too much.
0: We have an amazing guest that I'm very excited to talk to. His name is Sherman Alexi, and he is a writer, poet, and filmmaker, um, and he's going to talk, he's going to tell us a good story. We're talking about food. What did, you know, when you were a kid, what was your favorite oh, food? Oh man, your... let me
1: tell you. There's a lot of like SpaghettiOs in my, uh, in my past, a lot of, uh, like spaghetti uh, served with a slice of bread.
0: I still eat that sometimes.
1: You know, eating, eating healthy uh, on a low income is never easy. Uh, and then I, when I was like 12, I made this really good friend, uh, and I spent a lot of time at his house. Also uh, low income family, but of a different variety. Not a lot of uh, attention paid to trying to be healthy and more attention to just like microwave burritos. And like when you're 12, that is exactly what you want so and and while i was with that friend um it had to be like mcdonald's 50th anniversary 100th anniversary. <laughs> some some mcdonald's was stoked mcdonald's they like they made up this thing they made up this thing they were like we're going back to the original mcdonald's prices mm. hamburgers for 25 cents cheeseburgers for 35 cents so, like, we would go there every Sunday without fail and just all the money that we could come up with. And we would buy cheeseburger and hamburgers and we'd bring them back to my friend's house. And he had one of those giant, like, coffin-style freezers. And we would just fill it up with hamburgers and cheese. And, man, we were kings. And that went on, I want to say, for a month before McDonald's was like, oh, we are losing <laughs>
0: suddenly <laughs> so much
1: money on this. And, like, they made a rule. It was, like, only one hamburger per guest
0: and those mcdonald's hamburgers actually like once you get down to only one per guest that's not even a meal yeah that's a snack
1: i appreciate that but that's my food that's story amazing it's,
0: <laughs> that's it's, how
1: all this got built
0: it's funny because i also ate a fair amount of mcdonald's as a teenager but um in a very specific context like i became a vegetarian when i was 12 but i was also a very picky eater before becoming a vegetarian, I had like very specific things that I like to eat. And then I had this job. I worked at a stable uh, doing like manual labor all day and I didn't really get time to eat. And so I had to like eat something really hearty in the morning and I would get three egg McMuffins with no meat, just egg and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> <So bad. laughs> and that was my, that was my breakfast, lunch, <laughs> Anyway, shout out to McDonald's all day breakfast. You have been my worst enemy since I became a vegan. This episode has been brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sherman Alexie is a writer, poet, and filmmaker. He's the author of The Absolutely True Diary of a Part-Time Indian, which earned him a National Book Award in 2007. He has a children's book, Thunderboy Jr., coming out this May. Sherman, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you very much.
0: We're going to be talking about food, and you're going to tell us a story about that, but we like to warm up with a little uh, party game called Never Have I Ever. Okay. Have you ever played Never Have I Ever? I've
2: I've seen it, but I've never played it.
0: Isaac, do you want to explain the rules to Sherman? Yes,
2: the rules of Never Have
1: I Ever, uh, it's very simple. You will state something that you have never done, and then everyone else, uh, we ring a bell. If you've never done it. If you have done it. Okay. So you would state something you have never done, and Uh then if I had done it, I ring a bell. Okay, I would ring a bell,
0: and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Isaac, do you want to get us started? Yes,
1: I will get us started. I'm a 33 year old man, and never have I ever baked a cake. Oh. Mm,
0: Just me.
2: I've made pie.
0: Ooh, Ooh, that's a higher level of difficulty.
2: I wasn't any good at it. When was this? This was home ec in high school. Do you remember what type of pie it was? It was a rhubarb pie, actually, because we were supposed to bring local food to make it with. So we had a rhubarb patch in my backyard. So I brought in rhubarb and tried to make rhubarb pie with that. (laughs) It ended up being crunchy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, crunchy and pie are things that don't go together well.
0: Never have I ever been put under. I've never gone under anesthesia. Ooh, Ooh. all of us.
2: Sherman, you've never been put under for a sur- oh, was Oh, I, I, I got confused. Uh-oh. <laughs> yes. See, I think I'm under anesthesia now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been under anesthesia four times in the last three years. Oh, wow. For uh, dental surgery, hand surgery, a colonoscopy, and I had... Some brain surgery in December,
0: Wow, Holy smokes. What's getting brain surgery like? Were you scared?
2: It's my third brain surgery. okay. This one was minor.
0: I didn't know that minor brain surgery was like two two words you could put together. Well, well that's what happens
2: <laughs> that's what happens when you're incredibly privileged Americans. You get to have minor brain surgery right but uh, it was to remove a benign growth from the surface of my brain. Hmm. That's incredible,
1: and also I'm glad it worked out.
2: Yeah, it it well, it's hard to tell as the nurses and doctors said when you're somebody like me who can storytell past all deficiencies. <laughs> the storytelling can mask a lot of symptoms. So, you know, who knows what's wrong with me now? So, how about you? Do you have a never have I ever? Yeah. Uh I'm 49. I have never been called for jury duty until last week.
0: Oh. I well, to. I
2: mean, I, I I I sort of used it as a point of pride that I'd never been called, thinking that in whatever particular level of the justice system my name popped up, they'd immediately look at the name and say, "No, he's far too commie, anarchist, atheist, <laughs> leftist to serve on any jury," and then they just push me aside. Yes, but I applied for a deferral because of my short-term memory stuff going on. I don't think they want a guy three months from brain surgery serving on a jury, or maybe they do.
1: You, sir, have a a story you're going to tell us about
2: food. Well, it's about food, anthropology, about evolution, and, and actually about politics as well. Now, there are plenty of Native Americans who would insist that we were created here in what we now call the United States, North, South America, as if our gardens of Eden were here, which is, anthropologically speaking, not true. And a lot of Native Americans will be mad at me for saying such. They will really get angry. In fact, is that we did emigrate immigrate most directly from Asia, and our most direct ancestors are Asians, or common ancestors are Asians. And there's various proof of that. We have shovel-shaped incisors that we share with Asian folks. Uh, we look like Asian folks. Uh, but one of the big things is... Native Americans are lactose intolerant like Asians are. In fact, the ability to digest lactose as an adult is a European mutation, So, which was the name of my punk band in <laughs> high school. But uh, <laughs> So I am lactose intolerant, but I've been in denial about it my whole life, so I probably actually lead... The United States, at least, uh, in in times having pooped my pants while sober. Whoa! (laughs) (laughs) It's predictable. Like, I have ice cream the night before, and then the next day, I have to be wary. You know, I should get an app for the lactose intolerant that shows you where all the public restrooms are in the vicinity. And coming back from basketball one night, I lost it and ended up in a car wash, Taking care of myself, and I thought I was really lucky to have been in a car wash. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and I I walked into the house about midnight, and my wife, who was in bed, I I, I walked into the bedroom, and it was dark, and I was being quiet. And my wife, from the bed in the dark, said, "You pooped your pants again, didn't you?" <gasps> and I said, "How did you know that?" And she said, "By the way you're walking."
1: saying um that you've been in denial uh up until like the last 15 years so was that something were you aware that you were lactose intolerant when you were growing up
2: well i think much in the same way that a lot of people who have other food allergies i think if you love the food enough and and then without any real medical knowledge you just don't connect the two things so i never connected my upset stomach to dairy.
0: What changed? How did you come to realize?
2: Well, it gets worse and worse okay. and worse and worse. So, and it actually causes great physical pain now. So it's just impossible for me to be in denial about it. But my brother-in-law, who is uh, native as well, <laughs> he's in utter denial about it. Uh, he continues to eat dairy and he's living with us now. So, you know, he just creates crime scenes you know, all over our house, <laughs> you know, and, and he has friends who are in denial about it, too, because the thing is to admit it, on to admit that you're lactose intolerant as a Native American. Then you have to delve into the politics uh, of saying that we're descended from Asian folks, because then that gets into colonialism, because one of the arguments for natives against colonialism is the fact that, you know, not only were we here first, we were created here. So we have this, you know, original connection this original relationship with the land that nobody else has but if you admit you're lactose intolerant then you're putting in that small doubt that well we just got here first and getting here first doesn't have the same political power as saying we've always been here
0: well it's also like interesting to me that you mentioned this idea that being toler- being lactose tolerant was a mutation because it's always seemed to me like this mystery like why would humans drink the milk of other animals it's such a weird thing to do uh, we don't really see it in any other animal in nature
2: well imagine that humans doing something strange
0: <laughs> I just want to know like who the first person to like decide to milk a cow and drink what came out was
2: <laughs> that, that's a brave person well, <laughs> In high school, I dated uh, a dairy farmer's daughter. And on a couple occasions, I was helping her milk, meaning I was watching her milk. (laughs) And uh, she actually pointed the cow's teat at me and sprayed it in my mouth, which I imagine a lot of folks would find disgusting, but is one of the most pleasant erotic memories of my entire life.
0: Do you now... you? Don't consume lactose at all, ever? Or is it still something you occasionally indulge in? I,
2: I, I will still indulge in it, but I will shove an overdose of lactate pills because mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to live in a world where I couldn't eat a double double with cheese. I miss cheese like crazy. I, I, I miss the idea of having a cheese plate. You know, when I'm traveling on the road and feeling lonely and self destructive, most artists when they're on the road and feeling self destructive do booze and cocaine and groupies and throw TVs out the window. I, I gaze longingly at the room service menu at the cheese plate. And and then I don't order it.
0: You should look into nut cheese.
2: Nut oh that that <laughs> th- that sounds like a really bad website. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please summer in go on. No, I
0: mean I'm I'm vegan for animal related reasons, but I make a lot of nut-based (laughs) cheeses.
2: You know, I firmly understand and empathize about your morals about animals, but I don't understand fake cheese.
1: Do you have a moment uh, where you kind of were coming to terms with this and you were like, okay, maybe this is actually the, the real thing with me. This is like a lactose, my intolerance. This is real. Like, did you have like a one defining moment where you're like
2: okay yes i i need to admit to this now in charleston south carolina in a hotel room where i got in on a thursday night and i had a free friday because my gig wasn't till noon on saturday so i thought i have a completely free day in charleston and i wanted to explore and i was excited and i got in and had a room service dinner and had uh Pasta with cheese and and I had coffee with cream and I had pie dairy I had you know <laughs> banana cream pie I just I just went crazy Holy smokes. I, I you know it was like I if, if it was like if I was a drug addict I had three different kinds of cocaine I had cocaine and I had crack and I had meth and and uh uh about three that morning I woke up rumbling and uh, i I ended up actually uh wounded by the amount of time I spent on the toilet oh buddy oh. yeah so uh you know when you're laying in a super fancy hotel room in Charleston South Carolina for about 28 hours in actual physical pain from the dairy you ate uh you know if you can think of rock bottom I think 28 hours in a Charleston South Carolina room uh tending to wounds <laughs> based on over pooping (laughs) i think i think that qualifies i mean did
1: did you miss the gig
2: i I didn't miss the gig but let's just say i had to procure medical uh shields that generally aren't used on a man (laughs) oh my god
1: (laughs) (laughs) this i i have friends who have gotten
2: sober over less yeah so (laughs) i I got sober i got cheese sober
0: (laughs) We do have three questions we like to ask every guest before we end the show. And uh, Isaac is going to ask you the first one.
1: The first question is, what was your
2: last kiss like? Well, my wife kissed me goodnight last night. And uh, I really kept my lips tight because I realized I hadn't brushed my teeth in like 12 hours. (laughs) It was, you know, the ritual of being in love with this woman and also the... uh, good husband role of protecting her from my wretched (laughs) gum line.
0: Um, Okay, the next question is, when was the last time you cried?
2: The last time I cried was in a meeting last week with my friend, and I was talking about the death of my mother, who died last July, and I was talking about the continuing surprising memories that are coming back to me. So, I guess you could say, I cried out of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder about her death and about the difficult life we shared together.
1: This last question uh, is, is to be interpreted any way that you want. And it's, what's wrong with you?
2: What's wrong with me? Well, medically speaking, I am bipolar. So I, you know, the uh, the older term, the more vivid description is manic depression. So I am diagnosed and medicated, but it still pops up. Uh, I still go on manic binges. I still get depressed, just not to the same levels. Other than that, let's see. I have had brain surgery. I have a bad back. I have a bad left ankle. On a meta level, I'm an impulsive, arrogant, inappropriate. Uh, secular fool oh we are really happy though <laughs> that you
1: have the fucking audacity to come on the show and share and talk with us about the things that you've talked about though we really appreciate it Sherman Alexi is a writer poet and filmmaker and don't forget his children's book Thunderboy Jr. is coming out in May Sherman thank you so so much thank you Next time on The Tell Show, we're going to be talking about romance.
0: Excuse me, sir. I'm asking people one
1: simple question. What is the craziest thing you've ever done for love?
2: Nothing. I think probably the craziest thing I've ever done for love is just to show up unexpectedly with flowers.
0: Clearly the craziest thing I've ever done for love is this baby. (laughs) But she's a joy. Surprisingly, most men actually like to get flowers, and they don't get them. You know, it was worth uh, it was worthy for the look on his face.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yeah, why not? What is the craziest thing you've ever done for love? For
0: love? Uh, I don't remember. It was a long time ago, probably, and singing in front of the windows, like a uh, serenade, something like that. Can you sing a, a little bit? Well, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the song. I was a little bit drunk.
2: I guess the craziest thing I ever did for love is adopt my son and it took us three years and a lot of too many ups and downs to bring him home and now finally he's here.
0: Well, I'm currently
2: um, dating someone who, this is kind of different than the question you asked, but I want to tell him I love him so badly. I, like, adore him. We've been dating for seven months, and we haven't said it yet. I've never said it to anyone before. And I'm trying to figure out how to do it because I've been in so many situations where it's, like, on the tip of my tongue, I'm ready to say it, and I just get so scared, and I, like, am physically incapable of putting the words together. So I'm working on it, and I'm trying to to get there. I'm like, I think I'm
0: really close. Hopefully, like, this coming week is my goal. The Tell Show is produced by Meg Kramer. With editorial oversight
1: from Jenna Weiss-Berman.
0: And production help from Julia Furlon and Eleanor Kagan.
1: Thanks so much to Paul Ruest at Argo Studios for recording the show.
0: And thank you to Love Inks, who composed our music.
1: You can always email us at Show at buzzfeed.com.
0: Send me your recipes want them. <laughs> and don't forget to subscribe to us on itunes
1: we'll be back with another episode next week